Life Audio. In the Old Testament, we recognize that Jerusalem was the holy place where God revealed himself to his people. But in the New Testament, we learn that this new Jerusalem is the body of Christ. And so there no longer is a specific holy place. Now, I'm not saying that Jerusalem is not a holy place, but it is not the only holy place. Because as believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us and his holiness permeates us. So that means that essentially wherever we go, it can be a holy place. And so we're going to talk about that today as we dive into the psalm. I pray it blesses you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, and today we're going through Psalm 122. We're going through the Psalms one at a time where I just kind of share some of the context or the history or the culture that we may not understand as modern readers. If you would like to dig a little bit deeper, a lot of people use these episodes as their morning or daily devotional. If you go to shehears.org, my website, and sign up for the newsletter, every Monday I send out a a newsletter that has a journaling prompt that goes along with each of these episodes because journaling is a really easy way to help us process the information that we're learning. The goal is to get it from your head into your heart and not just into your heart, but into the relevancy of your day-to-day life. I find journaling is really helpful for me. And in case you find that too, those are available for you. Those are absolutely free. If you would like the previous episodes journaling prompts you can go to the resources section at shehears.org and you can look for the guided psalms journals they're one's five dollars and one's six dollars and that's a really easy way to just keep everything together so there's a link for each of the audio devotionals there's a space to actually do all your writing of course your journaling prompts and a key verse for the day you can either print that out and write on those you can use it on an ipad or a similar device and then eventually we're going to have those available as a print document as well so again just extra resources to help you dig into god's word a little bit and dive a little bit deeper into the word So today I'm going to be reading from Psalm 122, starting at verse 1, and I'm using the New American Standard Version. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, Jerusalem, Jerusalem that has been built as a city that is firmly joined together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, an ordinance for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for thrones were set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. 
Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now, as we go through Psalm 122, there's a couple of things I want to point out because I think it'll be helpful for you as you study. This is a psalm that really supports the idea that the songs of ascent were psalms that were used in the setting of the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, which I've talked about that yesterday and last week a little bit. And they're going to celebrate a religious festival. And so what the psalmist is doing is he's beginning with this reminiscence of the original decision to make the journey, to make that pilgrimage. And now the pilgrims are finding themselves in the holy city. And so the psalm is a hymn that is celebrating the city of Jerusalem and the special presence of God, which is represented by the, that phrase house of God. And then the end of the Psalm ends with a prayer for their prosperity. This is one of those Psalms that will be known as one of the hymns of Zion. The psalmist is remembering in verse one and two, when it's talking about going to the house of the Lord, the psalmist is remembering this original decision to make this journey to Jerusalem. And that idea did not originate with him, but he joined in with another group of these pilgrims that were going to the city that hosts the house of the Lord, which is a phrase that means the sanctuary. And so if it you're looking at this idea that David was the author of this psalm, which is how it's titled in the beginning, that requires us to think that the house, of course, is now the tabernacle. And if you think about that in terms of how the house of God refers to the tabernacle, you, we see that in Exodus 23 and also chapter 34, but later periods, it refers to the temple. So this is a Davidic Psalm, which describes David moving the ark to Jerusalem. And it that could be the background of what is going on to the original composition of the Psalm. But then remember these psalms were used outside of the original context for celebration, for worship. It was the, the hymn book of Israel. And so just because that's when it was originally written doesn't mean that that is the only time it was used. And so the opening scene of this psalm is talking about how they have arrived finally at the city. And it's kind of personifying it and addressing it as the second person when it talks about like your gates, it's personifying the city and the people are finding themselves standing at the gate of the city. And so they're marveling at the fact that they have finally arrived after this long journey. Down in verses three through five, it talks about Jerusalem, magnificent Jerusalem. And so as these pilgrims have arrived in Jerusalem, it's leading the psalmist to just really marvel and appreciate the city. And so there's the description of Jerusalem as a city. And we know just if you've studied ancient Jerusalem at all, it was a, a closely compacted city that um, we might think of that in terms of the kind of congestion we see in, in a urban setting, but this context, it's describing it in a positive way. And so that Hebrew word that's translated as closely compacted, it comes from this root word that means alliance or association. And so while when, when we think about the city of Jerusalem being closely compacted is in maybe the negative sense, 
and having a negative connotation, here that's not the case. It's suggesting a positive connotation. Um, it's talking about how this city is really well working, it's functioning really well, and the people are functioning well together. And then verse four goes on to comment on the city as a place where the various tribes of Israel will go to praise God. So Jerusalem itself was the city of David, and it was captured by David's men, and it claimed, of course, his name. But in other words, Jerusalem is not part of any of the specific tribes of Israel, but it's the spiritual and political center of this united Israel. And so there's a reference to the throne of judgment. It can be talked about as or identified as the throne of the house of David. But to be clear, that description, um, it's not just the house of David. It's the house that refers to this center for Israel's justice system, the king's power, and, and the religious center for, for God's people at that time frame. Then we're going to go down to um, finally verses six through nine. And, you know, as the beginning of the psalm talks about, um, Jerusalem is a really important city for spiritual reasons, for political reasons, for the legal stability of the nation. And it's peace there, the peace in Jerusalem does a couple things. It ensures the security for the nation as a whole when it talks about for the sake of my family and friends. But it also provides this continued stability and prosperity that is crucial for their survival. And so the psalmist is urging other people to, to join him in praying for that, praying for peace in Israel. During the Old Testament period, which of course the Psalms is, Jerusalem was the place where God made his special presence known to his people. And so in that sense, it really was the center of the world. They believed that Jerusalem was the center of the world. And so the pilgrims would travel to that city and pray for its pace, peace and pray for its security. And then when we had the coming of Christ in the New Testament, as believers, as Christians, we know that God's presence permeates the world. It's not limited to one location. And so there's no longer specifically holy places. And and before you stone me or call me a heretic, I want you to recognize that even when we think about church as a holy place, church is just a building. We are the church. We are the body of Christ as believers. And so there's no specific holy places we're going to pause and take a little break. And when we come back, we'll continue reading and studying the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. You know, it's not that Jerusalem is no longer a holy place. It's just not the only holy place. The The holiness comes from the spirit of God, not one particular location. It was the original holy place. But now because of Jesus through his Holy Spirit, Holiness has a different connotation as, or I guess an understanding as far as the location. And so what that means for us is that we can meet with God anywhere, not just in a particular city. And I think I want to point this out because sometimes in our modern context, what happens is people will go on something like a mission trip and they will experience God in a powerful way on that mission trip. And then they come home from that mission trip and they long to be back in that place because that's where they experience God in a very real tangible way. But that's kind of what I want to caution you against is thinking that the Holy Spirit only resides in a certain location. That's not the truth at all. The truth is the Holy Spirit resides in you if you're a believer in Jesus. And so you don't have to be in a particular location to experience God's holiness or God's presence. We can meet with God anywhere. And so 
I just want to encourage you when you are studying this passage uh, that it doesn't mean just to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And of course, we can pray for peace there, and it is appropriate and right to pray for peace there. But this psalm does not necessarily mean that Christians have to always support the modern government that is in place, right or wrong. Now, I know that that's dangerous territory to, to step into, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes the government that is in leadership in any country, not just Israel, in any country is, is, I mean, it's run by people. People are capable of making mistakes, making bad choices, you know, or right choices. But the undercurrent there is that we should be praying for peace and security and prosperity in the whole world, not just in Jerusalem. You know, if even in terms of the way we understand our own American government. As believers, we are to pray for those that are in leadership, regardless if they are Christians on the, on the I almost said the throne, uh, in, in that, that seat of president in the White House, or non-Christians. It's not that we necessarily support the non-believers and what they're doing, but we are going to pray for them. We're going to pray for peace. We're going to pray for God to intervene and, and somehow get through to them in a way that makes a difference, just like we would pray for them if there was a Christian on the throne. And so we need to be praying for the peace of the body of believers, the the, the church, the global church, because the New Testament refers to the church as Jerusalem. We read about that in Galatians. And so while we anticipate a future new Jerusalem, the the dwelling place of God and humans is where that's going to be eventually. Um, but that's not going to happen until after this world that we, the way that we know it has passed away. And then there's this new Jerusalem. And I'm not going to get into all of that today. If you are interested in any of that, you can read in Revelation. I think it starts in about chapter 21. But my encouragement to you is that um, if you are somebody that is dedicated to praying for peace in Israel, keep it up. But don't neglect praying for peace here. Don't neglect praying for our leadership here regardless of who is running either one of those countries. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread starting at verse one of chapter 122. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, Jerusalem, Jerusalem that has been built as a city that is firmly joined together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, an ordinance for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord for thrones were set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Father God, we thank you that we can recognize that your holiness is not limited to one specific location, that you are with us no matter where we, where we are at in the world. Lord, I pray for the leadership of Israel, just like I pray for the leadership of the United States. Lord God, I pray, or whatever country our listeners are in, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to permeate the leadership of all these countries. Lord God, I pray for the church as a whole, that we would rise up godly leadership to lead in a way that honors you. God, I pray for 
those that may be even considering political leadership in the next couple months. Lord, we know that um, this next year, year and a half is going to be a cycle where we start to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years in the political cycle. Lord, I pray even now for those believers that might be considering running for office. Lord, I pray that you would convict their heart in such a way that you would give them clarity, you would give them vision, you would help them understand the mission and the calling you have for them. Lord, I pray for the leadership of Israel. God, I pray that you would bring peace in a way that we can look and recognize that your hand was involved. Lord, I thank you that that you do not just rest in Israel, but that you are with us no matter where we go and that holiness is no longer limited to one location. That but because of your spirit, through the Holy Spirit, we can be a part of that. We can recognize that in our own lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.